Hello, and welcome to They Might Be Librarians, a podcast at the Plainfield-Guilford Township Public Library. I'm Lauren, the Teen Central Supervisor. I'm Joanna Sproul, the Community Liaison. I'm Laura Sutton, the TTS Manager. And behind the uh, computer here, we have Matthew Stevenson, the TTS Supervisor. Hey, everybody. Today, we have an exciting topic for the month of October. We're going to be talking about true crime, which I know we have some people here that are definitely in love with it. Yay! Absolutely. I'm here just to ooh and awe over their knowledge, so I get to be the host today. Before we head into our true crime talk, we are going to talk about some events coming up at the library. Yes, so we have a different kind of trick-or-treat event this year due to the COVID pandemic. Uh, We normally have a big event called Trick-or-Treat on Simmons Street with lots of kids and people from the community giving out candy and little goodies. This year, instead, we are doing Trick-or-Treat goodie bags Monday the 26th of October through Friday the 30th. All day out on the front porch, people can stop by and we'll hand them out to anyone that would like a trick-or-treat bag. has all kinds of candy and other goodies. Um, There's a flashlight in there, so lots of really cool things for kids this year that they can just pick up and take on their way. Where did those? Yeah, me too. Where did those goodies come from? They came from all over. The Kiwanis donated candy. The police department uh, donated um, the flashlights. So the idea is that you can oh, cool. use them if, if you are going to go trick-or-treating. Um, just different organizations, businesses. Um, Chad Hoskins, he donated some from his company. So, yeah, lots awesome. of different people. I think that'll be fun. And it's like a reverse trunk or treat. So you just have to come and grab one bag, which is real nice and easy. So exactly. it's a good Halloween activity. Yeah. Less walking around. <laughs> so true. <laughs> um, I'm switching things up in Teen Central next month. So we're going to start uh, once a month. We're going to have two different things going on. On Thursdays, we're going to have a live through Google Meet uh, Teen Craft Club on November 5th from 4 to 5. So we're encouraging teens to show up online, do whatever craft they're working on. You can talk about it, hang out, show each other how to do things. So I'm looking forward to that to see what people are working on. Sounds awesome. Yeah. Um, I, I think I'll have an interesting amalgam of things, but the other day a girl showed me an Among Us character she sewed out of a sock. So I'm hoping to see more things like that. I think that'll be a lot of fun. That's cool. Don't you knit and crochet yourself? Yes. So I'm also looking forward to it because I also like crafting. That's dedicated crafting time. That's right. (laughs) Um, We're also going to start a teen book chat. So instead of reading one book and then discussing it, we're going to have teens kind of, it's going to be on Google Meet again. um, And we're going to have teens talk about whatever their favorite books are or what they're reading right now. I can talk up what's coming out soon. So it'll be just kind of a chill version of a book club for the teens that are missing out on the high school and the middle school book clubs that we used to be able to participate in. So that is on November 19th from 4 to 5. I'm looking forward to that one too. That's a good opportunity to hear about all the different things people are reading because I have such a long list um, (laughs) and I sure like to add to it and not knock any of them out. So (laughs) That's right. I I definitely feel that. Same here. (laughs) So I'm really excited for us to talk about true crime. Um... So true crime is a relatively, I don't know, um, kind of new genre, although it's a thing that's been around for a long time. There's been crime forever. Um, True crime 
means it's about actual crime and gives details about um, specific people's um, accounts. Um, so, and the true crime genre was supposedly established, um, I guess, kind of casually by Truman Capote uh, when he wrote In Cold Blood in about 1966. Have you guys read that book? Because no. I've started it a couple times, but I just haven't finished it. No, I have not. Have you, Lauren? Yeah, I, I read it about a decade ago, and I really, really enjoyed it. And it was funny, I was talking to you guys before we started recording, and I don't actually read true crime, but that's the one true crime book I have read. <laughs> but it's really well written. I was very, it was engaging to me at least, um, but I highly recommend it for all you true crime fans out there. Maybe I should try listening to it. That's usually a little more successful for me. But I do remember it was really interesting. Um, the first couple chapters, it just, it's in Holcomb, Kansas. Um, and it is about the Clutter, Clutter family, I think, the murders of the Clutter family. Um, and it has just kind of a, I don't know how to explain it, but you know, the, the landscape of tech, or I'm sorry, Kansas, that's just kind of how it reads is sort of lolling, mm -hmm. um, hilly, but not, but kind of flat at the same time. So somehow it's really, um, almost a comforting sort of atmosphere at first. Um, but I'm sure that changes after the, you know, the action starts to happen. So that's definitely still on my list. That would be a great one to listen to, I agree, especially right now, gloomy October days. Ooh, yeah, creepy. Yeah. I know he was friends also with um, Harper Lee, who wrote To Kill a Mockingbird. Um, and I, it seems like I have heard rumors about Harper Lee's involvement in writing the book. Um, and I also have read that their friendship kind of fell apart later on. So I'm curious about that kind of bit of it if she was how how involved she was i know that she went with him to um to visit holcomb kansas before he wrote it so i'm just a little bit curious about her involvement there me too i kind of want to research that now because i love both of them but i'm curious to see what what went down there yeah, yeah. what was the fallout if mm -hmm. you figure it out let us know <laughs> i'll update you so i think you guys really like true crime podcasts right yeah, I wonder yes. if that explains why it's so popular is kind of the, the influx of podcasts over the last maybe four or five years, mm -hmm. um, because it does seem like a topic that's gotten really popular in recent years. Um, but yeah, I love it. Don't you, Joanna? I love true crime podcasts. So here's how I got into it. Laura and another coworker who used to work here told me about a true crime podcast called My Favorite Murder, and it sounds kind of weird but these two ladies georgia hardstark hardstark yeah. hardstark yep. and um i'm totally forgetting karen kilgariff karen kilgariff talk about true crime uh stories that are their quote-unquote favorite murders um mo more intriguing i guess mm. so i started listening to that four years ago i think i think it came out about four years ago yeah and it is just they're funny, first of all. Um, one of them is a comedian, um, and the other one has done little bits of acting. And it is just very, very funny to listen to them talk. And um, I can't remember the first one I listened to, but they've done Bonet Ramsey. They've talked mm -hmm. about um, 
The staircase. The staircase. Ooh, that one. That one's very staircase murder. Yeah, I don't remember who the person is in that one. Uh, Michael Peterson. Okay, I think. Isn't there another Michael Peterson? I always think I bet there is in this world, but I'm not sure. (laughs) Anyway, I'm pretty positive it's Michael Peterson. Um, That one's about a guy's a guy a man's wife who died mysteriously falling down possibly a staircase. And there's a whole bunch of theories about how it happened. So are all of these um, things that have not been completely solved, or what? What kind of what do they talk about during these podcasts? I think it's re- it's really a mix of both. Um, one of the my favorite kind of moments from my favorite murder is that they would talk about the Golden State Killer, um, and then as you know, last year was it. He was finally caught. Mm-hmm. So, and actually, the one of the detectives I think involved um, in finally solving that. Now, wait a minute. He was also married. One of the he wasn't married to the author of the book. So, Paul Holes, I yes. think, is the investigator detective that you're talking about that helped crack the case. Yeah. And then Michelle McNamara. Yeah. Was working on a book about the Golden State Killer trying to bring more attention to it, and she died in the middle of it. So Paul Holes and, oh, I'm forgetting the other guy's Something name. Something Jensen. Yes. Yes, right? Jensen. Yeah. yeah, Jensen and Holes. That's another podcast, by the way. Oh, okay. Um, so, yes. Yeah, so they ended up finishing the book for her, and it it's a really interesting book about this <clears throat> serial killer in California who had no real name. Uh, You know how there's the Mm -hmm. BTK serial killer, you know, so many different names and aliases that you can have, but he didn't really have one. So she was trying to bring more attention. So Mm -hmm. she named this killer, the golden state killer. And that helped bring attention to that case. And Joseph D'Angelo was, um, actually caught by using what's it called dna yes dna i don't know why i had a hard time remembering that i was like what's it called like ancestry or something like that they used like yes they found it through a relative that had done that was it um like a relative of his had submitted their um DNA through ancestry.com yes and then the police are able to also somehow access that database and find find close relatives yes that's That's fascinating it gives me chills thinking about it when they announced that that's how they found him it makes me wonder how many people are out there panicking Uh because they hope their family doesn't submit their dna yeah um, that's a good point in the year 2020 yeah Yeah. on uh my favorite murder they joke about you know family holidays and murderers being like oh no we shouldn't do the ancestry or yeah <laughs> whatever like backing away slowly <laughs> but yeah one of the things i like about that podcast is that they um they use humor which seems like a strange combination but um they talk a lot about mental health and how humor can be a coping mechanism so mm-hmm. um it's, I don't know, I'm a little bit interested in that facet, too. So it they're so interested in mental health, and that kind of goes alongside true crime and how, you know, how crime can sort of impact victims and their mental health, but also what's going on with the criminals 
just what's going on in there that makes these things happen. So yeah, it's really cool. That's one of the reasons I'm interested in true crime actually is to figure out and understand why these people do what they do. Um, And the mental health part of it is a big piece, you know, how they are raised. Um, And sometimes it's, it's a little deeper than that, um, more physiological, but um, I'm very much interested in that as well. Yeah. So you guys started out with my favorite murder. Have you branched out to any other podcast or do you, are you true to the one and only? So I, just listen to so many podcasts it's mostly um true crime ones but i also like kind of court related stuff so um there is a podcast called crime junkies Mm. and um it's an indiana podcast i listened to it for a while but there were some issues with um citing sources so uh while that was kind of going and plagiarism while that was going on i kind of stopped but this is another really popular one that um in this area any anyhow people might really enjoy just because of the the proximity they don't just talk about indiana murders um and crimes but um because they're from indiana one of the gals is from fort wayne and the other is indianapolis um so it i don't know it's another interesting one um, but yeah, I have a whole list of crime <laughs> podcasts and things that are uh, other podcasts that are similar. One that I've just discovered recently is Endless Thread, and it's a Reddit podcast. So it talks about um, different, you know, those, I call them Reddit rabbit holes. So the, the different things that you find on Reddit, and then you end up wanting to learn more and more. Um, so this kind of dives into some of those things. Sounds like a mixture of both of your favorite things right there. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> what about you, Joanna? I, I've i branched out somewhat. Um, I also listen to Jensen and Hull's The Murder Squad. So like what we were saying about the Golden State Killer, one of the detectives and the gentleman that helped finish the book for Michelle Mac- McNamara. Mm-hmm. So I listen to that, and they do unsolved crimes. And the goal is to help solve them. So that is really interesting to me. Um, yeah, and that they is have, interesting. They have, it's only been on for about a year, I think. And they have gotten some really good tips to help move these investigations along. So I like that one a lot. Yeah. I also listen to True Crime Garage. It is gritty and kind of... Uh, I like that one too. Yeah, one of the guys, he, he is just so... Gritty is the only way I can describe him. And then the other guy um, does a little bit more research, but it's a really fun one. And I have listened to Serial, um, which the first one was incredible. And I don't remember the details other than I laid in bed and listened to it like all the for nights and nights. Yeah. Um, I forget the the guy's name. Adnan Syed. There we go. He was accused of, um, in the 1999 murder of Heyman Lee, his girlfriend. Yes. So that, um, that, I guess, season of Serial kind of talks about um, how he became incarcerated eventually. Um, and just the whole story is so interesting. Yeah. So Serial... And then I've also listened to True, or no, not True Crime Garage, Dirty John, which is, it's kind of a, it's not necessarily, well, there is murder, 
<laughs> Hold on. I won't go into it too deeply, but um, that is a really, really good podcast. Oh, I've listened to that one, too. It's, yeah. It's wild. They made it into a Netflix uh, hmm. series as well. And I will say, as far as a remaking of a podcast, it is pretty darn close to the uh, podcast itself, the the series. And is this true or is this made up? It is true. And okay. it is, there is the moment when things are happening that you just can't believe huh. what's going on. Interesting. It's good. It's, it's really, really good. Too. I recommend that. So those are kind of the main ones for me. Man, so it sounds like once you get started, you just keep going. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think my favorite murder was, it's one of my favorites, and I think I really enjoy it because I started listening to it around the time it came out. It just kind of lined up. But Serial, now that you mention it, is a lot of people consider it one of the staples of the podcasting world. Um, and it, I remember season one is really what what really got me into this, the idea of serialized podcasts where it, it has an episode and then the next episode, you know, expands on that. So I actually read, or I should say listened to the audiobook about a year ago by Rabia Chowdhury called A Non-Story, The Search for Truth and Justice. Um, so it, Serial actually won a 2014 Peabody Award. Um, and it was I'm not sure if it was produced by Sarah Koenig, but she is the um, narrator, I guess you'd mm-hmm. say. Um, and they, yeah, they talk about Adnan Syed being accused of and found guilty of the 1999 murder of Heyman Lee. But so the, the podcast goes into a lot of detail. Um, it talks about it talks about different people that were involved. And um, there's a, a lot of information on the timeline um, and questions about that. The book, the author says, this is a quote, the author says it best that um, the story Serial told was true, but it wasn't the whole truth or the whole story. So to me, that sums up this book in a nutshell. Um, it read really well because I, uh, the, the narrator for the audiobook was Rabia Chowdhury. She was a family friend of Adnan Syed. Um, And she goes into a lot of detail about um, like the cell phone tower pings and all the questions surrounding that, um, which plays into the timeline, whether or not it makes the timeline accurate or inaccurate. Um, She also talks a lot more in detail about Jay, who was a friend of Heyman Lee and Adnan. Um, So and if you've listened to this podcast um, or if you've if you've read or heard much about the story of Adnan Syed, you'll you'll recognize the name Jay. Um, but the book also includes some writings from Adnan while he is in prison. And the author has said that she she's pretty much dedicated her life to bringing justice both to Heyman Lee and her family and um, her family friend, Adnan Syed. So it's a really interesting book. And actually, they talk about um, another podcast that discusses Adnan's story, and it is Undisclosed. Have you heard of that one? No. I remember I read this book a year ago, and it's just now when I was looking up a summary of it, um, I had forgotten to look into that podcast, so I'm excited to go home tonight and listen to that one. So that one's undisclosed. That sounds awesome. I'm making mental notes of all of this, that the book, um, both books sound really fantastic. It's pretty good. It was really a, a nice one to listen to. How did you get into true crime? 
So my friend and coworker Joanna was really into it. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. You um, told me about a speech that you did in college. <laughs> And that that's yeah. what got you into it. And then uh-huh. it always fascinated me that you you remember the, the murderer's names and stories. And I'm just fascinated in the moment by these stories. And then I completely forget them after that. So, But you've always kind of told little snippets of these stories. And it's always interested me. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. That is so... I'm smiling so much behind this mask. It's hard to I tell. Because <laughs> the mask, but yeah. I know. Sounds oh like you gosh. just set yourself up to be flattered. But so I, I did not. I did not know that. I thought you just always liked it. Um, but so you mentioned my speech in college. And I took a speech class where you had to pick something and tell everyone about it. Um, and I I just picked true crime out of nowhere. I don't even remember what it was. Um, but I picked serial killers specifically because um, it just it sounded interesting and I did a lot of research on crimelibrary.com, which, um, you know, that was where I started to kind of find the different mm-hmm. serial killers. And, of course, I moved on from there and, and got other sources and read different books about them. But I just have never looked back. Um, it is intriguing, as I said, to understand the psychological reasons why killers do what they do. Mm-hmm. And I've often thought about how, where did it start really before speech? Because obviously I'm interested in this stuff. I think it was reading Nancy Drew. Oh, oh really? That's a good, yeah. Yes, I really do. I could not get enough Nancy Drew, and I just loved her detective skills and figuring things out. And that, I think, is where it stemmed from. Makes sense. So, um I mentioned the psychological aspect. One of my favorite books, and I think it was the first book after the speech that I did, um, it is called My Life Among Serial Killers by Harold Goldberg. And it is a nonfiction book. I got it here at the library in my early 20s, and I just couldn't put it down. Um, It's about Dr. Helen Morrison. She is a profiler, and she has profiled over 80 serial killers. Oh, my goodness. So she went and spent over 500 hours with all these different serial killers to understand why they do what they do. And it is, I'm getting chills just getting ready to tell you about it because it is so amazing. Um, She talked to the mad fighter, Richard Odo, um, the, the mad what? Biter. He would chew on his victims, you oh, guys. No. no. <laughs> I'm sorry. If you if this is too much, stop now, whoever's listening, because it gets worse. <laughs> it get, keep going, right, Laura? Yeah, of course. <laughs> it gets this is worse. Terrible. Keep going. Um, the, the mad biter. Um, she talked to Ed Gein, who's the inspiration for Psycho, which mm-hmm. is one of – I love Hitchcock films, and Psycho is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. You know, I should have figured this out a lot earlier. I used to, on Friday nights, make homemade pizzas with my family and watch Psycho, like, every Friday. <laughs> every Friday. <laughs> it's a little weird now that I'm... Definitely a path you are already going down. <laughs> so, um, anyway, so she she's interviewed a lot, like, uh, John Wayne Gacy, the, uh, let's see, I'm trying to see, there's, there's so many that she's interviewed, but those are kind of the big heavy hitters. 
Fred and Rosemary West, they killed a lot of people, a lot of women and girls. But it's just very interesting to, to read why people do what they do. And the other piece that I really liked about this book is different police stations would have her come in when they suspected a serial killer was in their area. And she would get all the information and do a profile for them on what they would look like, what their background would be, what jobs they have, what car they ride, any kind of speech issues. And I cannot remember it because it's been so long since I read it. But there was one serial killer. I can't remember which one it was, of course. I want to say like the Green River Killer. It might have been actually that one. And when they caught him... She had every single thing right, every single thing right up to, like, he had, like, a mole on his face. Like, it was amazing. That's that's pretty good. How do they find that out, I wonder? I don't, I mean, she she goes into it. Like, there's a lot of, um, a lot of research and, like I said, those 500 hours of Mm -hmm. figuring things out, you know, um, different methods for capturing victims, like, people that never see the person. Mm. Um, there's a reason for it. They might be ashamed of some physical part of them. Um, So, like, she goes into that. hmm. Anyway, Laura, I do love talking about all the pieces of serial killer stuff. It really, there's just so much. The idea of profiling is fascinating to me because, first of all, how do you find all those things out? But then also, what if pieces of it aren't really the case and you end up not looking in the right direction because of, oh. um, I don't know, something that's wrong on the, the, the profile. It's really Absolutely. interesting. The Golden State Killer, um, D'Angelo, they are positive they never would have found him without the DNA. They wow. were going completely mm-hmm. a different direction looking at different suspects. Um, over a 30-year-old case, it might be closer to 40 now, I think, um, yeah. But they were going a completely different direction trying to profile him, and they did not. They were not on the right track. They had little pieces. He, he did work for a police um, precinct at one point, but was let go when he mm. um, stole a bottle of dog mace. Why? <laughs> because he won. Well, I don't know why he stole it, but he was um, attacking families that had dogs, and that's how he mm. could get into their houses is by macing them. Wow! Wow! That's I could keep going. Of, you should start doing a podcast on specifically this. It sounds Laura like Laura and I have talked about it. it Maybe so we nice. should. <laughs> that could be my first true crime podcast. <laughs> Um, so I had some book recommendations for those of you out there who like true crime, but maybe want one degree away. These are fictional books. Um, maybe that's what I like because I like like criminal minds and some books that are kind of tangent to true crime, but not quite. Um, so one I just read was two of us or two can keep a secret by Karen M. McManus. Uh, I know I've recommended it to Laura. Um, because it's definitely up her alley, but it's about twins. They are sent to live with their grandma for a while because their reckless mother has crashed into a building and has to go into rehab for a while. Um, Anyway, so they go back to this town that their aunt disappeared from when she was in high school, and there's still no solution to that, what happened there. Um, So they're spending time with their aunt. 
Um, there's a dead body as soon as they get into town. There was a dead body five years ago. Somebody goes missing. Like, there's a lot going on. And the main cal- the main character, Ellery, she really likes true crime. So she's, like, thinking she can solve these things and she gets herself into situations. And she kind of discovers that maybe since you know true crime stuff doesn't mean you're actually good at solving things <laughs> yourself. Um, so that's that kind of plays into that whole plot line. It's a really good one. And it's one of those books that kind of, like, builds up and builds up and has so many twists and turns. And then at the end, you're just like, oh, man, like... And then there's no sequel. It's it's just it just leaves you with a chill. Um, and then there's another book called Sadie, and it's for people who like like the serial podcast. So it's about a girl named Sadie. Her younger sister is her body is found. So Sadie goes missing, and so you kind of get her perspective. She's trying to figure out what happened to her sister. So she's going around and interrogating people and getting into mischief and things like that. Um, and then she goes missing. So then there's a podcast that is done. Um, her, their kind of like foster grandma asks this radio personality to start the serialized podcast trying to, in- so he goes and interviews people. And so from what I hear, the audiobook is really good. I read it with, as my book club would say, I read it with my eyeballs. Um, so I didn't get to listen to the podcast or the, well, I guess. So the audiobook has the podcast done by a whole cast. So it sounds like a real podcast, that portion of the book and the audiobook. So that sounds really good to me. Um, but it's really cool because they, they get into things and it, it would be something like a real podcast. So I would recommend that one. That one's uh, Sadie by Courtney Summers. So for any of you who like true crime but maybe want a fictional true crime, well, fictional crime, I guess. That sounds kind of similar to another book, um, an adult fiction one that I read where it's, it's about, I just can't find the, the title of the book, but it was about a, um, a woman who's family had been killed when she was younger or or some of the people she knew had been killed when she was younger and um then someone starts a podcast i'll have to find the name of that Hmm. book but yeah um and it's you know it's just kind of the there's a little bit of paparazzi-ness in it in that they um the podcast creator wants to talk to this woman and she doesn't want to talk to her so i I don't remember what it was called but it sounds kind of similar but yeah um yeah, that Sadie sounds really good. Yeah, mm-hmm. both of those sound very interesting. Yes. Karen M. McManus is just a really good um, thriller writer. So she actually, my favorite of hers is uh, One of Us is Lying, and it's being turned into a, a show on Peacock. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm very curious to see how they do that. But that one came out with a sequel, and the sequel was good too. So I just am like, sign me up for anything she writes. I already got to read what's coming out in December of hers, and that one was good. So um, I have a new mystery writer that I am weirdly in love with. I love when that happens. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So I think it's time for us to talk about what we're geeking out about, which obviously you guys are always geeking out about true crime, but is there anything specifically you've been geeking out about in, say, the last month? I literally, yesterday, I think, saw that the book Rebecca by Daphne du Maurier either of you I haven't read one? it but I know your favorite no though, oh it's one of my favorite Matthew have you ever read it I've not read it okay it is a gothic romance I also wrote about this and presented about this in college because it's one of my favorite books it is being made into a Netflix movie Ooh. movie okay <clears throat> and I read uh, a review on it and it reminds me so much of being in college and so much of writing reviews, um, <laughs> literary criticisms mm-hmm. on um, 
books, and I think I did one on Rebecca. But um, basically the storyline is this unnamed character, young woman, meets Maxim de Winter when she's a, a companion for an older woman in Monte Cristo. And um, there's a whirlwind, quote-unquote, romance. Mm. Nothing by today's standards. Um, a lot of yearning, just very much yearning for um, <laughs> each other, mostly from her direction. Um, he's a little more removed and less emotional. But anyway, so they get married very quickly, and then he takes her back to Manderley, which is where... Um, his huge estate is. Mm. It is a beautifully written book. It was turned into a film um, by Hitchcock. Okay. In, I think, the 40s, I think. Um, and I saw that uh, maybe five years ago, and it was a really well done mm. um, adaptation. And this new version on Netflix. There's a lot of criticism, but there are some hmm. definite things that I'm curious to see how they handled things. But it's called Rebecca because the um, Maxim de Winter's first wife, who died, and you find out how mm-hmm. in this book, that's her name. And so this unnamed character is going through the same footsteps, the same rooms, the same, you know, things that the previous deceased wife was doing she is learning all about this other wife and it is just incredible writing so Hmm. i'm excited about it being on netflix i could go on about it for a long time (laughs) well that means you're geeking out about it that's perfect i am (laughs) what about you laura um, I have been listening to, well, it's another podcast, <laughs> but I've, it's not murder-related or crime-related most of the time. Um, it's called Reply All um, from Gimlet, and I can't remember the two hosts' names, um, but they talk about, they say it is a podcast about the internet. And um, actually, my mom t- told me about it a long time ago, and I thought, well, I don't understand what that means. Um so, and we deal with the internet and technology stuff all the time here, so I don't really want to think about it on my own time, but um, there's some really cool things that they talk about. So, um, they explore just things that have to do with some technology and modern life. Um, the Bitcoin Hunter is one of the first episodes I listened to, and it is about a person that they speak to who at one point in time bought some Bitcoin when it was first a thing and then she just didn't pay any attention to it. She, she bought it to spend on something um, and yeah and so then years later she thought huh this might be worth something now because you know the I don't know Bitcoin is worth a whole lot more than it was when it was first um, a thing so it talks about that and um, then there are other episodes about um, one is called The Desert and it talks about this couple who they live in a house and people constantly knock on their door and say, Hey, um, I'm using find my iPhone or track my phone. Um, and it says that my phone's in your house and they get these people stopping by and saying this a couple times a week. So in fact, when they're doing this episode of the podcast, there are people who knock and say that. So, um, it turns out they, um, one of the, I guess, segments that they do on the show is called super tech support. And this ends up being a super tech support issue. 
And so um, they find out why this is happening. Um, so the idea of we've all had those things happen where you can't log into your email or you, you have this weird um, thing that's happened with your Facebook account or Google and you can't figure out why and no one else can figure it out why also. Um, so they talk about a lot of those kinds of things. Huh. Um, and then they also, one of my favorites is a um, two or three episodes in a row. I think it's maybe two. And they talk about... Um, let me think, just sales calls, cold calls or scams, I guess. And um, this one pretty tech savvy host on the show um, just kind of goes along with it when, when he gets called by someone who ends up being overseas. So um, oddly enough, they develop almost a friendship and it and then, you know, he goes overseas to see him. So wow. um, you'd really have to listen to it to understand how how interesting that is. But yeah, it's about all kinds of things. And I'm just really digging it lately. And um, I got the impression that they put out a podcast episode every two weeks, but it's now been three since the last one. And I'm just itching for the next <laughs> one that could be any day. So and the name of that one is it's reply all by Gimlet Media. And the hosts are PJ vote and Alex Goldman. I am writing that down. It's a good I one. am yeah, so excited about it that. It is a good one. What about you, Matthew, behind the scenes? Well, uh, one thing that I could talk about, I've talked about it before on the podcast several months ago on Kickstarter. I backed two games, and I'm really happy to say that one of them has arrived. So I got it in the mail, I think, last week. Oh, wow. And it's uh, it's called PAX Premier. It is about um, the European um, quest to colonize Central Asia, Afghanistan. And so you take... You play the, play the role of Afghan leaders, and you're forming coalitions either with the British or the Russians <clears throat> or independently of them. And during the game, the, the alliances will shift. The goal is basically to be on the winning side, so you've got to figure out it doesn't really matter how well you play the game. It matters how, uh, if you choose the right side at the end with all the, point when, you know, the points are scored. So uh, it's fun. I've, I've only, so far, this is going to sound kind of extra dorky, but I've only, um, I've only played one. There's a one-player module. I've only done that because I can't really gather with my normal gaming friends right now. Mm. So hopefully uh, we'll be able to do that soon, in the next several months maybe. But um, and it's a lot of fun, so I, I, have, I set it up at night after the kids go to bed and work through some of the rules, and um, anyway, that's what I'm geeking out about right now. That's cool, and I love that games are starting to have solo player modes. <clears throat> so like that is so nice because not everybody has somebody to play with on games that are specified to their interests. So I, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's neat. This is uh, this is not the first game I have that has a kind of custom design mm-hmm. solo aspect to it, but this is the first one I've really sat down and and worked through that way, and it's a lot of fun. It makes me want to check out some of my other games. Wingspan I think has a solo yeah yeah it uh, does. variety, and that's a fun game. And uh, Scythe, which is another game I really enjoy, has a solo module as well. Uh, my husband and I are really into Everdell, and that one has a solo mode too that we haven't explored. But it yeah. looks kind of fun. You play against this like rat king or something. <laughs> yeah, it looks like fun. So well, cool. I discovered solo mode um, as a child with my sister with things like Life and Monopoly. She would sit on the couch and say, "Now roll for me. Now move for me." Classic. Now, what would you do? Would you buy it or not? So, if you ever need to um, learn how to do that, I could help you. <laughs> solo amazing. mode when you have a sibling who doesn't really want to play. Well, I I've talked about it before, and we mentioned it today. I'm really big into crafting. Um, so recently, I. 
Well, I don't know. I'm always getting new craft supplies. But I make cards specifically right now, and uh, I just got some cool background stamps. And one of them, you turn around four times, and it makes a complete background. And so you can use four different colors. Um, and then another one has pop-out chevrons, so you can do whatever col- color combination you want to. So I just made a bunch of, like, Christmas backgrounds. Um, but So I've ha- been having a lot of fun playing around with those. And I have a show coming up. It's my first one. And so I'm really excited. So I've been, like... All I've been doing is annoying all of my friends by asking, like, what would you pay for this product? Or what would you do for this? Or how do you think I should display this? Or it's just been my whole life recently. So I guess that would definitely be geeking out. (laughs) I can't wait to hear how your show goes. That sounds so exciting. Yeah, we'll see. What does a show entail? Like, is it virtual or? So this is this is in person. Um, it's a place that normally does a big show in October, but since they couldn't this year, they're being really kind and they're letting two vendors um, every sun- Saturday come in. So I'm not sure what it's going to look like because we're on like the museum portion of this little store. And um, so people can come in or not come in. You know, it could be totally dead the whole day. It could be like, you know, a good trickle of people. I'm not sure. I have nothing. I have no idea what it's going to look like. Um, But I'm excited about it anyway. It gets me out of the house. And it's not like I'm going to be in a huge crowd of people or anything like that. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. That's wonderful. I love that you're given that opportunity. Yeah, me too. So... Because this was going to be the year I did it for the first time in person. And, you know, we all know how 2020 has panned out. So, (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So, well, thank you guys for joining and talking about true crime. I have a lot of things to look into now. Um, This has been They Might Be Librarians, a Plainfield Guilford Township Public Library podcast. Um, Make sure you leave us a review and like us and tell all your friends about us. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.